Hi, welcome back to AR's Phone. I'm Carolyn Bailey. And I'm Christopher Sebastian. These continuing interviews on intersectional veganism and related issues are in association with VegFest UK. In today's intersectionality interview, Sebastian and I are very pleased to welcome Zavi Phoenix as our guest. Zavi is an autistic transgender animal rights activist squatting in Dublin. Zavi is joining us today to speak about ableism within the animal advocacy community and about links between veganism, anarchy and the queer liberation movement. Hi Zavi, thanks for joining us and welcome to AR Zone. Thanks Carolyn. Um, hi Sebastian and hi Carolyn. Nice hey, to see you guys. Hi. Zavi, to begin today, I'd like to ask you about the animal advocacy and vegan communities who like to pride ourselves on our compassion and our respect for others. We seem to be really letting ourselves down when we engage in counter-revolutionary language such as ableist, sexist and racist language. I know that you've experienced some of this, certainly on social media, haven't you? Yeah, that's obviously an enormous topic. I'm My brain is just dividing your question into manageable chunks. Like, social media is obviously a really unsafe place um, for marginalised people because of, like like extreme lack of accountability so yeah that's when society's oppressive views really become apparent because people can hide behind their laptops but I'm more I guess a bigger impact in my own life has been ableism and sexism and heterosexism in real life and yeah because those things have had a big impact on my life particularly kind of exclusionary elitism dynamic in the anarchist community, blatant ableism in recent times. So, yeah, I'd say, like, social media sucks, but it's only a reflection of the wider world and the wider world's values and nowhere is safe, basically. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's pretty pessimistic but accurate. I, w I would definitely agree with that, and I certainly agree that um, with social media and I'm thinking particularly with Facebook people exactly as you said there's no accountability people get behind, to hide behind the computers and they don't realize that they're speaking with a real person in terms of the animal advocacy community or in terms of any social justice movement what sort of damage are we doing to each other and to the movement when we allow this sort of thing to happen and we, we don't challenge it. We're basically killing social justice movements. As justice movements, we're rendering them completely morally bankrupt when we allow this kind of shit. And I always think that people who defend oppressive language and use terms like PC as a dirty word and everything and tell us we should all be less sensitive, those people are operating on the assumption that like you want the oppressors in the movement and you don't want the oppressed. Apparently we don't care that trans vegan advocates and vegan advocates of colour and marginalised people of all kinds won't feel safe in the movement if we allow this shit to continue. All we care about is that sexists and racists and transphobic people and all of them will feel unchallenged 
in this movement because, oh, we need to grow, we need the movement to be palatable, we need it to be popular, we need to sell it, and we forget that the whole point of the movement is we need it to be inclusive, we need it to be fair, we need it to be safe, because our world is none of those things. Like, we are not building an alternative. If we tolerate that kind of crap, we're just holding a mirror up to the wider world, which is kind of what I'm saying in my podcast, some of which I don't really... I don't know. Some of which I don't really like anymore, but I still stand by the core of them, which is basically that unless we start thinking about veganism in the broadest possible sense, unless we start including everybody in that idea and really challenging ourselves, that is like looking at our own privilege, which is a really unpopular thing to do, but an essential thing to do, we're nothing, basically. Without challenging ourselves and challenging each other and holding each other accountable, we're nothing. Aside from all the abusive people and all the oppressive people and all the unchallenged oppressive dynamics in the movements, like, aside from those things, the worst damage is done by everyone who doesn't stand up to them, who doesn't call them on their shit, who doesn't try to support the survivors of abuse and the survivors of oppression. So yeah, inaction is even more dangerous, and I just think we're all we're all complicit in that, and we all need to take a hard look at ourselves and constantly hold ourselves to account to do better and everything. We're not really doing that. Nice, thank you. Zabi, what do you uh, say in response to um, the common accusation that, like, interrogating our use of language, it, it decenters animals in the movement, in the movement, and and refocuses the attention on humans? Thanks, Sebastian. That's actually a really interesting one, and it's so so common, which is really annoying. And yeah, in answer to all kind of non-humans first type arguments. I basically say that we're falling prey to the capitalist logic of hierarchy. Like, we're saying, in order for someone to matter, we have to make it clear that somebody else matters less. That is the core of capitalism, isn't it? Competitiveness. Thing, everything is a finite resource. Everything has, like, has limits, and our time is precious, and our time is money, and etc., etc. That's what's drilled into us from day one. We replicate those dynamics in our movements. And you can see here, we're like regarding compassion and justice as finite resources that we have to ration and we have to like apportion them according to our own like hierarchy. And I can see, I don't support it, but I can see how these people reach the conclusion that like, oh, we have to turn the hierarchy on its head and we have to put those at the bottom of the heap at the top of the heap. And like, to me, that's not actually radical because we still have the heap. We still have this like, Mm -hmm. social ladder and someone has to be at the bottom in order for anybody to be at the top and like why can't we abolish the ladder and actually think about like we have to repair the fact that we've put oppressed peoples at various levels and various kinds of social disadvantage but we don't need to do that by replicating oppressive dynamics and basically I don't know, this is what my We Are Each Other podcast was kind of about, which was like, basically a rant at non-vegan anarchists and non-anarchist vegans kind of divided in half and like shouted at one for the first ten minutes and 
the other one for the last ten minutes. What I was saying was that you can't say you're about justice if you ignore everything except this one issue you've decided to focus on. Sure, you have limited resources, you decide to campaign for ending direct provision, abortion rights, I'm thinking of campaigns that me and my friends are involved in in this country. You decide one of those issues is absorbing all your time and all your energy, fine. Like You don't have to be actively oppressive towards other people while doing that. You don't have to push people away from your movement by making them feel unsafe. That's not revolution. Like Basically, if you do that and you don't care that you do that and you're not willing to listen and be accountable when people tell you that your movement is exclusionary, then you're not creating anything revolutionary and I'm not interested in your movement, which is why... Which is why I kind of elect to stay marginalised from a lot of these communities because they're deeply unsafe. Nobody is interested in accountability. Yeah, thank you for that. Like, in in addition to that, like you're talking about your recent campaigning, um, your your focus has been on queer politics with a radical feminist straight edge vegan context. Can you can you say something about that for for listeners, especially if they like? are starting from square one and have no understanding of what that even means. Okay, so, um, yeah, I'm a queer liberation activist, and I'm also straight edge, like I'm a recovering heroin addict. So for people who don't know this, straight edge is a political movement, meaning rejection of mind-altering substances, Um, but it goes deeper than that, and it's kind of about For me, it's about taking personal responsibility for not fucking up my body and not colluding with oppressors to fuck up my body. It's about personal survival for me. And also, like, supporting others to take better care of themselves. Like, I have people who are really close to me who are addicts or recovering addicts, and I've done spoken word performances and some minimal, thus far, activism about these issues. And I'm really passionate about that shit, like inclusion of drug users into our social justice spaces and smashing stigma around that kind of thing. I also, I don't know, I like to talk about, in this kind of context, I like to talk about how queer kids disproportionately are affected by issues like homelessness and drug use and um, mental illness because we're made to feel excluded and like there's no place for us and yeah like we face a lot of rejection and we're kind of taught to hate ourselves and think we're freaks like that was definitely the case with me and like most queer people I spend my time with and so like if you ignore those issues you're not being inclusive so I'm really passionate about the straight edge movement and that's one of my main reasons for that so yeah some of my I'm actually currently fighting a court case with a partner of mine about an action we did, which was, um, like, we're in a radical queer organizing group, which is kind of like, I don't know, we're not a direct action cell, we do a lot of symbolic action stuff, and basically we've only just started, and we try to create a safe space to discuss issues that affect us as queer people and from all walks of life and with all different kinds of intersecting oppressions and experiences and we try to like build on those common or differing experiences and change things and 
do radical actions. Like, I'm not a founder of the group. Some of my wonderful housemates were among the first to set it up, but yeah, I quickly got involved with a partner of mine and we did a banner drop for Dublin Pride. Like, we were challenging the way Dublin Pride has been basically turned into a corporate shit show and we dropped a banner from what was supposed to be the Iona Institute, which is like super Catholic, anti-choice, homophobic organisation saying homophobia kills and we got chased by the cops and beaten up and arrested and like beaten up really badly and arrested and held for six hours uh, afterwards down at the cop station and so we're now like fighting that case. If we win the case we're going to sue the cops for assault. So yeah, that's what's going on at the moment. Yeah, so to me, all these issues I care about and all these issues we're currently in the streets fighting for are all interlinked and yeah, for me it's all about inclusion because I haven't found much inclusion in my life as an activist and it's really disappointing and so I'm passionate about the small community I have around me and the stuff that we do the way these people who've suffered so much believe in change so yeah that's where I'm at basically it's really inspiring even though it's really hard Savvy thank you so much for joining us today I think that your insights are incredibly valuable I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank you for everything that you continue to do on behalf of both humans and other animals. Thanks very much. Um, that was quick and it's great to be here. Thanks, Sebastian. It was great to meet you. And respect for your own Like Rock. I'm a member of the animal kingdom. Am I dead and to me? Why don't you bring me to white?